that has been given to us. Praise God. Not just that Jesus came. In other words, God came in the flesh. He gave us all that we deserve. And at the end, the Bible says it is finished. In other words, God accomplished that which he is supposed to do. So there is no problem upon the face of the earth that God cannot solve. There is no sickness upon the face of the earth that God cannot heal. There is no need upon the face of the earth that God cannot provide for. There is no problem that God cannot handle. Praise God. And so God wants us as believers, as children of God, to understand his will for our lives. Praise God. And so this morning I want to draw your attention to what the scripture says that you have what it takes. And we're going to start off with the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at a man by the name of Jephthah. Praise God. So quickly look at the book of Judges chapter 11. And I'm going to be reading from verse 1 down to verse 11. Judges chapter 11 from verse 1 down to verse 11. And Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. And he was the son of an alot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons. And his wife's sons grew up. And they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Verse 3. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. Verse 4, and it came to pass in process of time. Hmm. Things change. Something begins to happen in process of time. Don't forget that word. That the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elder of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah. They went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Verse 7. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, did not he hate me? Take note of verse 7. Very interesting. The one that they hated, the one they drove out, is the one they go in search of now. Did not he hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? Verse 8. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us. And fight against the children of Ammon and be our head, be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Can you imagine this? Praise God. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord, take note, the Lord be witness between us if we do not so according to thy words. Verse 11. Then Jephthah went with the elders to with the elders of Gilead. And the people made him head. The people made him head. And captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Misfer. Now let's stop there. And let me 
give you a background information about what happened in chapter 9, chapter 10 onwards, before we get to 11. At this particular time, Israel backslided away from the will of God. They were going after strange gods, according to chapter 10. And the Bible says God exposed them to the Philistines. God exposed them to their enemies. They were going after the God of Moab, the God of Ashtoreth, the God of Berlin, praise God. They were going after the God of Ammon and even after the God of the Philistines. According to chapter 10, verse number 6, the Bible says they forsook the God of Israel. Now, I really want you to pay attention because I'm going to drag you to some major aspect that has to do with your personal life. Now, in this regard, God exposed them to their enemies. But the Bible says that there was a man that was among the, Gil uh, the chicken of, uh, of the Gileadite. The Bible says his name was Jephthah. But this man, take note of this now, his, his, his condition was contrary to their tradition, to their culture or custom. Why? Because, take note, the man's mother was a prostitute. So he was an outsider. He came as a result of sin and adultery and all of that. Now take note, before we begin to point fingers at this man, look at these idolaters who forsook the God of Israel. They were pointing their fingers against their own blood brother because their father went out and met with a prostitute and gave birth to Jephthah. Now they could not worship God. They could not serve God faithfully. They could not walk in accordance with God's word, and yet they could betray their own brother. Why? Because he was a bastard. So as a result, what they did was they forced him out of the family. They forced him out of the home. They forced him out of the city. Praise God. Let me say this to you, beloved. They kicked Jephthah out of the land, and he went away. Praise God. But then the Bible says, in process of time, trouble came in, and then they needed help, and then they looked for Jephthah. Now let me take my time so that you can understand this well. I want every single one of us to know that we are not ordinary creatures. We are not just ordinary beings. You know, like God created the animals, and you don't know some of the purposes as to why God created animals. God created the birds, and you don't know the purpose as to why God created the birds. Not until when we get to eternity, we begin to understand some of these mysteries. Praise God. Why did God create trees? Praise God. You don't know, you cannot tell why God created trees. You say, well, so that we can feed. That's not the only thing. There are many things that you get out of trees. Oxygen. Praise God. There are many things, medicines, and many things that you get out of trees. So don't just tell me those are the only reason why trees were created. Not until we get to eternity, we see the mysteries of God's creation. But what am I saying? That you are not an ordinary creature. You are an extraordinary being. Because when I take note now, you carry the image of God. You bear the life of God, the breath of God. You have the potentials of God. Praise God. In other words, you have the DNA of God. When God created you, that capacity within God was shared to you. Praise God. So you are not ordinary. That is why every human being is known as the image of God. Look at Psalm 139. 139 says something very interesting. Psalm 139. Are we there? I'll read verse number 14. 
139, very interesting account. He says, I will praise thee, for I am, number one, fearfully, number two, wonderfully made. Praise God. The psalmist says he will praise God. Why? Because he is fearfully and wonderfully made by God. He says, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So the psalmist understand. He says his soul knoweth very well, right well, that he is a fearful and a wonderful creature designed by God. So you are not ordinary. You are an extraordinary image of God. And listen to this now. Let me say this very interesting. That every one of us being born into this life, we came in with our destiny. You were born with your destiny. So don't be going around looking out for your destiny. Oh, I want to see my fulfillment in life. I'm looking for my destiny. Where are you going to find it? Your destiny are within you. Praise God. That is why I titled this message, You Have What It Takes. Your destinies are within you. That is why every man that is born into this life is not ordinary. And listen to this now. These are the reasons why, listen again, God never created a loser. God never created a failure. Hallelujah. God never created a loser. He never created a failure. You are the one that will make yourself a failure or a loser. But every one of us has a gift. Every one of us has a level of potentials. Every one of us has that capacity to produce. Praise God. Whatever that will make you become all you're supposed to become, you have it within you. Praise God. Look at the creatures that God created. Take for instance like the fish. If you want to see, if you want to see the, 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 the capacity of a fish, drop that fish in the water and you see how that fish will swim through and all of that. And it, that fish exists and, and you see the, the perfection of that fish in the midst of the water. Praise God. You want to see the potential of a plant, just put soil in it. And you see how that, that plant will grow and all of that. Praise God. You want to see the potential of a bird. Just let it go. And you will see how that bird will soar in the air. But you cannot try it. You don't have what it takes. Praise God. So you are the image of God. You have more than that. Hallelujah. You have more than that. And take note now. These are the reasons why it bothers me when I see people trying to imitate others. That's number one. Number two, it also bothers me when I see people wanting to become what others want them to become. Not God want, not what God has designed them to become. Praise God. There are, I see some people who have very, very great potentials. There are gifts within them to sing. And yet, instead of singing, they want to become medical doctors. Why? Because their father or their mother said, well, you must become a medical doctor. And that individual doesn't have any any desire whatsoever to do with anything that has to do with medicine. Praise God. So, but if you give that individual an opportunity to sing, you will see the genius within that individual manifesting. Praise God. Every one of us have a gift. Every one of us have that which God has designed within us to cause us to be who we're supposed to be. Praise God. But what we fail to understand is that if you do not pay attention to yourself, you begin to look outside of yourself, you begin to look at others, you are going to be easily deceived and you will abandon yourself and try to be like other people. 
Praise God. Now, take note. Let me explain certain things to you based on our context. Let's go back to the word. The Bible says that this man, look at verse number one, the very first verse. Let's go back to Judges chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Follow me. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. I have a lot of great things to pass across to you. Judges chapter 11. Let's go back to our text. Are we there? Let's see. The very first thing that happened, hmm, the Bible says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. Do you see that there? This was the very first thing that caught my attention. And he was the son of an harlot. <laughs> and Gilead begat Jephthah. Now take note of this. What I discover is that this man has a unique design on his own. According to God's agenda, he was a mighty man of valor. According to God's plan, he is a champion. I hope you are getting this. According to God's plan, this guy is a winner. According to God's plan, he was designed to be a leader. He was a born leader. He was a born leader. He was a champion. He was a winner. He was a leader. He was supposed to be the head. Not only that, this guy was powerful. He was powerful. Praise God. In other words, even though when you look at the resume of Jephthah, you see that his mother was a prostitute, but the prostitution of his mother doesn't change his identity. The prostitution of his mother has nothing to do with his potential. The prostitution of his mother has nothing to do with his capacity. The prostitution of his mother has nothing to do with the hand of God upon this man's life. Now pay attention, pay attention very well. Stop paying attention to those who want to describe you or identify you the way God doesn't describe you or the way God doesn't design you. I hope you're getting me. Others will look at your background. Others will look at your nationality. Others will look at your foundation and say, forget about him. I know where he came from. Or don't make mention of, of that guy. The mother was a prostitute. Praise God. Or don't bother yourself. He's unqualified. He came from a, 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 a local tribe somewhere in one backward village. Praise God. Or don't mind him. He's not educated enough. Don't, don't, don't pay attention to her. She's not intelligent enough. Listen. Don't you allow the world to dictate the affairs of your life. Pay attention to the creator, the designer who designed your life. You have what it takes. I must say that again. You have what it takes. Your miracle is within you. Praise God. Now, the Bible says, Jethan the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. But all that his brethren saw within him was prostitution. Was Jethan a prostitute? No. By the way, did he choose the mother? No, he didn't choose his mother. Did he choose the father? No, he didn't choose his father. No one had the choice to say, well, I want this person to be my mom or my dad. No, you don't have a choice. You don't choose who your parents will be. You don't choose when you will die. God made that decision. But they ignored the man. Take
did not know, they looked at him. Otherwise, contrary to their culture and their tradition, they said, this man is not qualified to be among us. Breaking news. I know the world may have assumed that you are unqualified. I know the world may have assumed that you are incapable. I know the world may have painted you with a black or a red paint or brush. And so when they looked at you, they said, oh, no, no, not this one. Not people like this. Not this kind. No, he's not capable. Or she's not qualified enough. They've painted you with some dark color so that nobody tends to pay attention to you. The news is you still have what it takes. Praise God. So, the Bible says that he was a mighty man of valor and yet his brothers, take note now, we're again going deeper. His brothers could not recognize his potentials. You know, one of the sad things that we experience in our lives today is that people look at the outward appearance and they judge you. They don't even know what you are capable of doing. And they don't even know what you carry. I'm taking my time. I'm dragging you somewhere. This is going to be so interesting. This is one message you'll never forget. Praise God. Now look at this. Jephthah was very, very, very gifted. He was very, very gifted, but yet unrecognized by his brethren. Unrecognized. My question to you is this. What do you do when you know very well you have what it takes, but nobody acknowledges you? Nobody pay attention to you. Nobody calls you. No one invited you. You are unrecognized. Praise God. They are saying, oh, he was born wrong. And so we are not interested in him. Why? Because he was born wrong. Or she was born wrong. Praise God. Oh, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not considering him at all, at all, at all. He ought not to be part of what we're doing. He's unqualified. So he was gifted and yet unrecognized. He was powerful. He was very, very powerful and yet despised. He was gifted, unrecognized. He was powerful, despised. The man was able and yet he was ostracized. He was able, very able, very capable, and yet he was ostracized. May I say this to you? Don't give up because others misunderstand you. Don't give up because you've been rejected. Don't give up because you've been ostracized. Don't listen, you are only you. There's no other you anywhere else in the world. The Bible says that God has loved you with an everlasting love. Even if nobody seems to love you, love yourself. Oh, I remember Genesis. The Bible says God was creating the heavens and earth. And at the end, he was the only one that was there. He says, and it was good. He did this, it was good. He created the moon and the stars, it was good. You know what God was doing? He was validating himself. Praise God. He was approving his own. He doesn't need any man to come and testify. He doesn't need anyone's approval. He doesn't need anyone's validation. He doesn't need anyone to come and say, oh, it is good. No, he appreciated himself. He cherished his own work. After he finished, he said it was very good. Praise God. Listen, if you are looking out there for the commendation of the world, you'll be disappointed. 
Because there are people, no matter what you do, they will never like you. And because they will never like you, they will spill a deadly venom into your life that might destroy you. So don't pay attention to the voices out there. The Bible says that he was a mighty man of valor, and yet he was abandoned. A mighty man of valor. Look at this. At this particular time, when we discovered that this man was a mighty man of valor, was the time he had gone out there and wasted his, 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 his potentials with vain men, according to the Bible. Now take note, very interesting. While he was young, he was growing up, you know, they never saw him as a mighty man. He was ignored. Praise God. He was, he was, he was betrayed. He was dishonored, disrespected, rejected at the initial stage. Maybe I'm speaking to someone who wants to try something very great, something mysterious, something that will attract the world. And you are scared. Why? Because at this initial stage, excuse me, others look at what you are doing. They say, no, it's not going to amount to anything because at this initial stage, it doesn't look good. You know, life is like a little girl. When that little girl is born, you didn't see any breast. There's no breast there. But there is a breast. You won't see the womb there, but there is a womb. So you look at that little girl and say, Come on, get out of here, you little girl. It's a little girl, just for the time being. Allow that little girl to grow and begin to develop. And by the time you know, you see breast. But the womb is there. You never knew that that girl was born with a womb. Right? You thought that it was never there. No, it was there already. But that thing begins to grow. Grow as the girl grows. Turn into a woman. And before you know, she begins to produce children. They begin to wonder why. It's like the tree or the seed. Every seed has a potential to become a tree. And every tree has a potential to grow branches. And every branches has the potential to bring forth fruit. But initially, you might not see that. All that you see, oh, this black seed, oh, this funny seed, and what would I do? You don't throw your, listen, don't throw your seed away. Sow them, invest them. Want me to say that again? Never you throw away your seeds. Those are the investment for your future. Invest your seed. Because every seed has a tree within, and every tree has a branch. Every branch has the capacity or the potential to bring forth fruit. So, sow your seed, sow your life, sow your gift, sow your talent. You will never be disappointed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says he was rejected. And what they did not know, what they did not know was that this very man that they rejected has what it takes. And let me say this to those of you whose mindset seems contrary to what the word of God says. Be careful of the people that come to you. Stop underestimating others. Stop despising others. Stop disrespecting, dishonoring others. Stop maltreating others. The person that looks like a servant to you today will become your master tomorrow. Be careful. Be careful the way you treat people. Be careful the way you talk to people. Be careful the way you behave to them. It doesn't mean because you are up there today. No condition is permanent. No condition is permanent. Praise God. That very, very young man that you look and call him a stupid boy 
will become your own doctor. I told you a story of a professor that called one of his students stupid. He's the most stupid student he ever had. And then the, that thing triggered something within the, the mind of that young man, went on, studied, and become a doctor. And finally, one day, this guy, this so-called professor that was so rude, very, very disrespectful to this young man, ended up on the theater table in front of this very same boy as a doctor. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Don't conclude on people today because they go down. And even when they go down, don't kick them when they are down there. Be very careful. They are the very same people that you may need. Because you have money today, or because you are the bishop, you are the papa today, or because you are the apostle today, because you are the manager today, because you are the pastor's wife today, or because you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are wealthy today, or, or your husband has position in the government, or, or your business is booming today. Be very careful. Tomorrow is always a credit. Be careful. Praise God. This man was a force to reckon with. And yet, his people could not acknowledge him. He was one of a kind. He was unique in his own area. The Bible says he was a mighty man of valor. And yet, God acknowledged the man as mighty. And men despised him. You want me to say that again? God acknowledged him as mighty. But men despised him. It doesn't matter what people are saying to you. Pay attention to what God is saying. They might say, oh, he failed. Oh, she messed up. Oh, he's not qualified. That is what they know. But what God sees is like, man, that's mine. That's my boy. That's my son. That's my daughter. Praise God. Men acknowledge him as a loser, as a failure. But God acknowledged him as a mighty man of valor. So in the sight of God, he was mighty yet despised in the sight of men. God's hand, God's power, God's favor, God's anointing was upon his life. That was the most important thing. But then interestingly, in this life, we discover that the people that you need the most are the people that you may ignore or you may reject or despise. May I say this to you, beloved? God Almighty is very faithful in the midst of your condition. Almighty God is very faithful in the midst of that awkward position that you find yourself. Oh, pastor, they just kicked me out. God is still faithful to you. Oh, pastor, nobody recognizes me. God is still faithful. Oh, pastor, you know what? I've tried my best. I've done everything, but they don't appreciate me. Stay there. Keep doing what you're doing. God is faithful in the midst of your frustration. God is faithful in the midst of your rejection. God is faithful in the midst of your storm. God is faithful in the midst of your abuse. God is faithful in the midst of your pain. God is faithful in the midst of your loneliness. God is faithful in the midst of your depression. God is faithful in the midst of your desperation. God is faithful in the midst of your need. Don't you give up on yourself. Don't you give up on God. Keep your eyes focused on him. He's doing whatever he's doing. He has promised he will never fail. Keep doing what God wants you to do. Keep doing what you know to do. And keep doing what you can do. I must say it again. 
Keep doing whatever God wants you to do. Keep doing whatever you know to do. Keep doing whatever you can do. Praise God. So what did this man do? The Bible says he went away, verse 3. And Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the, in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men. My, oh my. Look at this. I love this. Listen. Listen. It doesn't matter what the world tries to do. They can never duplicate you. And whatever God has designed you to do, even if you find yourself in the ghetto, in the ghetto, right? God will still fulfill his plan. He will start from, you begin to see the manifestation, manifestation from there. Praise God. Even among losers, look at, I, I, I was reading this verse and I was like, God, what is the importance of verse 3? But look at this. It says, and there were gathered vain men to who? To Jephthah and went out with him. So take note, even though he was with vain men, yet you can still see the favor of God, the hand of God, the calling of God, the gifting of God manifesting. You can still see the leadership in this man's life. You can still want, see, when the Bible says he's a mighty man of valor, you can see that God was drawing people to him. Men were coming. People were coming to him. Praise God. God was bringing people to him. Favor was coming. Help was coming. Hallelujah. Relationship was coming. Opportunity were coming. In the midst of these people. Says God brought men, vain men, to Jephthah and went out with him. Listen. Let the world forsake you. The Lord will take you up. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, If my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take you up. Listen. Man. It's best that the world, listen, you must pray that the world forsake you, let the Lord take you up. But don't pray that God forsakes you and the world will not be able to take you up. Because if God forsakes you, trust me, whoever tries to take you up will just take more burden and bondage. But if God decided to be with you it doesn't matter the bible says if god be for you who can be against you so even when he was ostracized favor was still manifesting and so listen to this now you know what happened thank you jesus he kept doing what god wants him to do he kept doing what he knows he kept doing what he can and look at this now these vain men were the people that surrounded him and they perfected his act of war. They perfected his act of leadership. They perfected his heart of leadership. They perfected the earth of what? Victory. And listen and listen well. Don't, don't hate your haters. Don't go back to fight those who despise you, your despisers. No. He said, you know what? God will bring people that will shape your skills. God will bring people that will enhance your potentials. God will people that will support your dreams. God will bring people that will, that will carry your burden. If yours do not respect you, if your people do not acknowledge you, don't worry. The Lord will bring your matter to others that will support you, that will love you, and that will help you to become who God wants you to become. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, right there with this vain man, he perfected the art of war. And God says he's a mighty man of valor. His leadership potentials begin to manifest. Praise God. The victory begins to reveal. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you are, God will use. Praise God. 
Whatever you are or whoever you are, God is going to use what you are or who you are. Listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are at this time. The designer who designed you knows what your capability and your capacity could do. Let me say this to you. It doesn't matter whether in the eyes of the world, who you are or what you are doesn't seem relevant or I mean, it is incapable, but in the sight of God, it is relevant and you are very, very capable. It may be that what you have is spiritual. To some people, what they have is physical. Others, what they have is natural. Praise God. But listen, God can use whatsoever you have. God can use whoever you are. I'm going to say that again because I'm going somewhere. God can use whatsoever you have. God can use you whoever you are. I'm going to say this again. God can use whatsoever you have and God can use you whatsoever or whosoever you are. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Moses was a man of hot temper, but God used him to deliver Israel out of Egypt. Moses didn't have a gun in his pocket. He only had a rod. So God used him as who he is or who he was, but yet also God used whatever he had. You had a rod. And that was the rod that God uses throughout his ministry to perform miracles. So God will use who you are and God will use what you have. Praise God. What about Solomon? God gave him wisdom. It was the wisdom of God that he had that he uses throughout his leadership. Praise God. What would we say about something? Something with the covenant and the anointing of God upon his life. What he was, what was God used. The strength that he has, the covenant and the anointing that he has, what was God used. And then at one time the Bible says he had to, to face the enemies and God, God, God uh, 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 gave him an opportunity. He laid hold on the, the jawbone of an ass. The jawbone of an ass. He killed, I think it was 32,000 people. Can you imagine with the jawbone of an ass? Can you imagine that? That's a mystery. What you are, who you are, and whatever you have is what God will use. Praise God. Stop breaking your head to be like someone else. Stay on God's side. Joseph, it was who he was based on his condition that God uses him. That's number one. What he has, the gift of dreams and interpretation of dreams. That is what led him to the throne. What you have and who you are is what God... Listen, there is no useless human being. Your destiny is with you. You have it, praise God. And whatever you have and whatever you are is what God will use. I'm going to say it again. Whatever you are and whatever you have, whoever you are and whatever you have is what God will use. Praise God. So you have a huge responsibility to pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to yourself. Hallelujah. The Bible says Elijah met with a widow woman at the time of famine and asked her what she wanted. She said she needed help. All that she had was a pot of oil. It was the, the oil that she had that Elijah prayed for that Elijah uses and increase her wealth and before you know her condition changed. Praise God. So look at Jephthah now. The Bible clearly says 
that this man was a mighty man of valor. He was a man of war. He has skills. That is what God gave to him. He has strength. That is what God gave to him. He has the potential for, for leadership. That is what God gave to him. He has courage. That is what God gave to him. Praise God. And so, at this particular time, the Bible says, Israel were sold out to their enemies. Why? Because they were worshipping the God of their enemies. And then it was time that they were being threatened by the Ammonites. And now they were supposed to fight and they have no help. But, I believe by the grace of God, they heard the news that your brother, the one that you, 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 you drove away, is out there. That man is doing well. That man is great. That man is strong. That man is excelling. That man is a mighty man of valor. And they came for him. <laughs> when I read that, they went to fetch him. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> In other words, listen now, they were saying, bro, come back home. Hey, look at what the man said. He says, oh, come on, you are the one that drove me out of my father's house. The elders came. They said to him that you must come to fight for us. Look at verse 6. And they said unto Jephthah, come and be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Look at it. Look at it. Pay attention now. I told you, you are unique and you are uniquely different. Listen, in the entire land, there was no one to fight for them. The only fighter they had was the one that drove away. May I say this to you? You are the only you. And when it is time, when it is look at me, look at me. You have five fingers, right? You have five fingers. You use your fingers to do a lot of things. But you cannot use your fingers to swallow. Am I right? Your fingers, in as much as they are powerful, they are good, they are, they are, they, they are strong, you, you, you can use them in a skillful way, but you can never use your fingers to swallow. What do you use to swallow? Your tongue, your saliva, and your tongue you, you use to swallow. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can never use your tongue to scratch your back. It's not possible. Am I right? So every part of your body are unique. And not only that, but they also have unique responsibilities. So equally so your life, the world may look at you as one that is irrelevant. But let me tell you, when the fullness of time comes, it's a matter of process. You read that? In process of time, they will look for you. And you know what's going to happen? They will look all over the world. There will be no one like you. Not a single one like you. They will say, let's try this one. This one will fail. Let's try that bro. That bro will fail. Try that sis. That sis will fail. Let's do it this way. They will do it in every way or form or manner. It won't work until they lay hold on you. Because you were the only one designed that way. Praise God. You were specifically designed for a particular time, for a particular agenda, and for the, a particular purpose. Now listen to this. When you are really, really thirsty, even if they give you coke, you are not happy. You still want to drink what? Water. If you are really, really thirsty, and they give you Vimto, they give you Pepsi, you say, yes, I, I agree. It's really, even if it is extremely cold with ice, it will still quench your thirst. It won't quench your thirst. Because even though those are all liquid made up of water and some other minerals, but yet, what you actually wanted is what? It's water. Praise God. So this is how God designed this man for a unique mission and yet he was rejected. He was abandoned. May I say this to you? You may look like one abandoned project. You may look like one that is, is unqualified. 
You may look like one that is being cast away. But I want to announce to you, beloved, that pretty soon the world will come looking for you. Because what is about to happen in the world now? What is about to happen in your family now? What is about to happen in that church now? What is about to happen among your brethren now? The only answer is you. The only way out is you. The only solution is you. There may be others around, but yet unqualified. They will come and handpick you and say, Sir, God wants us to come get you. They will come and say, You know what? We've tried and tried, but it won't work. You are the one that God called. You are the one anointed. You are the one designed. You are the one that has the grace. You are the one that has the gift. You are the one that has the favor. You are the one that has a specific glory for this specific job. Sir, we've tried this, this fear. We've tried that, that fear. And they will come directly to you. Why? Because you have what it takes. Can you please say to your neighbor, you have what it takes? Say to your friend, you have what it takes. Say to your husband and your wife, you have what it takes. Say to your fellow church member out there, you have what it takes. Stop breaking your head. Stop trying to become someone else. No. They, they push you out there. Keep focusing and doing what God wants you to do. Doing what you can do. Praise God. And doing what is right. Hallelujah. And so, at this particular time, they came to Jephthah and said, say, say, sir, Sir, we need help. But there's something that I want you to pay attention to. Look at verse, verse 29. Something interesting. Verse 29. He says something. I'll read. When they came to Jephthah and they talked to Jephthah, Jephthah decided to go and all of that. Hmm. See what happened. Hmm. Shabrolosia. Verse 29. He says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah and he passed over Gilead. Take note. And Manasseh and passed over Misphe and Gilead, and from Misphe and Gilead, he passed over unto the children of Ammon. Praise God. Look at this. The people of God could not pass as much as Jephthah could pass. Praise God. But look at this thing. It is clear. The Bible says, Jephthah keep passing. Keep passing. Keep conquering. Overtaking. Defeating their enemies winning. And the reason why, the reason why, take note now, take note, the reason why it was so, it was because the Spirit of God was not upon anyone else, but on who? Jephthah. Listen and listen well. <laughs> when God has designed you for a project, it doesn't matter who trespassed that project, it won't work. The Spirit of God won't be there. Did you get it now? It doesn't matter how gifted they are. Oh, they can speak English well. They can phonetize. Oh, they came from a very good background. Oh, the guy looks eloquent. Oh, his appearance looks wonderful. Oh, he has a name and a title. Oh, he has, he has wealth of experience. If that is not what God has designed, the Spirit of God will not be upon him. The Spirit of God will not be there. But look at the man that God and picked for this particular project. What happened? The spirit of God came upon him. He, the, the guy was just passing. And he passed. Look at, look, look at, look at verse 29. He passed over Gilead and Misfer. Sorry, sorry, and Manasseh. And passed over Misfer and Gilead. And the Bible says, and from Misfer and Gilead. Look at this man. He was just going around them back and forth. Back and forth. Untouchable. Praise God. He was protected. 
He was capable. He was powerful. God anointed him specifically for this agenda. May I say this to you? You are specifically anointed for a time like this. You are specifically anointed for a project like this. You have what it takes. Stop beginning to, to criticize yourself, accuse yourself, and begin to feel otherwise. You have what it takes. And let me tell you, there are some basic issues that you need to pay attention to. If you are going to see the hand of God, if you are going to see the move of God, if you are going to see the power of God upon your life, if you are going to see fulfillment, you have what it takes. But there are some basic things that you ought to pay attention to. And I'm going to give you about seven of those basic principles that I want you to monitor this morning. Number one, principle number one. And I'll show you the secret. The very first principle I want you to pay attention to is your identity. Your identity. Identify and understand your calling. Identify yourself. Understand yourself. Listen, listen. Until you identify yourself, you understand what God called you to do. You understand. I told you about my life. Praise God. At the time that I was doing political science and I was saying, oh, I want to become a, a, a political lawyer, God says, no. You're not going there. I tried and God says, no. When I came to this country, I went to medical uh, uh, science. I want to become a doctor. I started off with the school and all of that. You know what was happening to me? Every time I go and I see blood, I'll feel sick. Anytime I go out there and I see people that are sick, I'll come home sick. Praise God. So I knew that this was my own doing. It was not God's desire. But I knew from the onset, from the beginning, I was called to do this that I'm doing. Praise God. Now listen and listen well. Listen and listen well. I cannot play basketball like Michael Jordan or whoever they are. I cannot jump. I cannot be swinging that ball like that. No, I can't. But this is my place. You put me here. I, if you Listen, I'm not saying this out of pride. But you can ask those who know me well. If I handle the scripture today, even if I never read it or have an understanding, the moment I open it, God gives me insight. Sometimes I can be coming to church, God did not give me a single word. And sometimes I'll be in the office and I'll be saying, oh my goodness, God give me a word, give me a word. He will just give me maybe one word or maybe one verse. Maybe while the praise and worship is going on. Or maybe I come to the pulpit and I have actually nothing and he said, turn to the book of, and as soon as I turn, before I know, I begin to flow. That is what God gives to me. Now look at this very well. Identify and understand your calling. What is it that God designed you to be? What is it that God proposed for your life? Let me show you something in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse number 10. These verses that I'm showing you today will help you. 2 Peter chapter 1. Very interesting account. I told you today is a unique day. 2 Peter, are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Chapter 1. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 2 Peter chapter 1. Are we there? Verse 10. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you, look at, if you look at verse 1 down to verse 10, you discover a whole lot of things. You discover a whole lot of things. Praise God. But I want you to pay attention to verse number 10. It says, Wherefore, I rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Do you see that? Hey, hey. Ah. You don't know how important this verse is. Make your calling and election sure. 
But how would you be able to make your calling and your election sure? He says, wherefore rather, brethren, give diligence. Give diligence to make. In other words, be diligent to ask God continuously. Search yourself. Check yourself. You are praying to God, you are observing yourself. You are praying to God, you are monitoring yourself. You are praying to God, you are looking at your capacity. You are praying to God, you are looking at your potentials and fulfillment. The problem that we have is that you spend time praying, but you don't spend time to watch, to observe yourself. The Bible says watch and it didn't say pray and pray. It says watch and pray. Which even it means that you must be watchful before praying. Because if you don't watch, then you will not know what to pray for or what to know about. Oh God, I want to become a lawyer. Oh God, I want to become a soccer player. Oh God, I want to become a businessman. Something is wrong with you. You want to become everything. Watch yourself. Observe yourself. Know yourself. What are my areas? What am I good in doing? What are some of the things that I even love doing? Because God will never give you a calling or a grace and you don't love it. No. You must love it. It goes together. What are my passion? What are my desire? What is it that I love doing? What is it that I'm capable of doing? What is it that God endowed the grace of uh, his grace upon my life for? What is that thing? You watch. You watch. So the Bible says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence. That is, identify. Work on yourself. Work on yourself. Monitor yourself. Check yourself. And know what is it that God called you. One of the biggest problems today in the body of Christ is that many Christians don't know their calling. Oh, Pastor, I don't know what God called me to do. So today they are singers. Next week they are teachers. The other week they say they are pastors. The other week, oh, I'm an intercessor. Oh, today I'm, I'm, I'm apostle. Apostle. Apostle, yeah. Hey, today I'm prophesying. Rather than that, say the Lord, you are confused. You are confused. You at the same time want to be a businessman. The other day you travel, you say, I'm going to be a mission ministry. And then the other day you say, I'm going to become a doctor. You are still confused. You are still confused. Observe yourself. You have what it takes. It is there. What is your passion? What is your desire? What is it that you love doing? What is that creativity within you? Look at it, look at it. He said, wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election. Both your calling and election. Sure, I am sure I'm a pastor. Do you know how sure I am? Since I was a youth. Those who know me, ever since I was in high school, they knew that this guy is a pastor. I remember when I came to Toronto for the first time and I wanted to start a church and I was honestly, I was at, I will never forget Jane and Wilson. I, I was living with one of my friends. We grew up together in the same street and I was looking out for a place and I was at the junction, the intersection. A young man came to me and looked at me straight to my eyes and said, Pastor, how are you doing, sir? I have never met this man ever in my, this young man. He was about, I think, 11, 12 years. He said, Pastor, how are you, sir? I asked him, where did you ever met me before? He says, I don't know. He, said, he was talking like, as I'm, he's a Jamaican boy. He said, I don't know, but man, I just think you're a pastor. And I was shocked. So I was crossing the road. He came back behind me and said, Pastor, where are you going, sir? <laughs> and I'm like, God, oh, uh, please, oh, uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> in my language, you're going to say, now which one is now? <laughs> Who does send this one? And I crossed over. By the time I, I got to the, uh, the, the, the place, the boy said, bye, pastor, we'll see you later. I have never met him in my life. He had never met me in his life. 
I don't know who that young boy is. I remember one day after service, I went somewhere at, uh, at the mall to pick something up. In that very same area again, I met a madman. This man was like abnormal. He crossed in front of me. Pastor, God bless you, sir. God bless you, Pastor. Ah, where is he written on my face, Pastor? <laughs> Praise God. So, God endowed that grace in me. And these are the reasons whether they pay me or they don't pay me, it doesn't bother me. I still preach the word. I still teach the word. I still do whatever God called me to do because this is what I was designed for. So, make your calling and your election sure. No, and then he says, let's continue. He says, for if you do these things, do you see that there? If you are able to know yourself, identify yourself, understand your calling, understand your election, praise God. The Bible says, if you are able to do these things, you shall never fail. You shall never fail. Do you know how many people came to this country? They said they wanted to become a nurse. Oh, I'm going to become a nurse. There's money in it. They go into that field and they cannot handle it. They give up. These are the reasons why you see in this country there are people with four or five different professions. They go to school this year. Next year, things change. They go back to school. The other one, they change. Something is wrong. Oh, the system is changing. You know what you are doing? You are changing with the system and you are changing because of your necessities. But you are not actually fulfilling your destiny. I must say that again. You are changing because of the system. You are changing because of necessities. But you are not actually fulfilling your destiny. So they say, oh, construction gives money today. You go to construction. What are you looking for? Money. They say, you know, farming. Farming. Let's do farming today. Okay, farming. Farming. <laughs> you become a farmer. The next day they say, journalism. Ah! I'm going to school back. At the age of what? 65. I'm going to school. I'm going to go study what? Journalism. And then they say, ah! It's, in fact, it's PSW that is raining now. In fact, PSW. Let's go P and S and W. Then you go P, S, <laughs> we see you and, and then you keep running around running around make your calling and election shop and if you do these things you shall never fall you shall never fall that is why you keep falling you keep falling you get frustrated you are tired you are exhausted you feel disappointed you are in a job that you don't like every day you go to work you are cursing your boss in your heart and then you come home with the money you are not even satisfied you don't enjoy the money you are restless you are frustrated listen listen after I finish preaching, I feel fulfilled. When I come to preach, I feel fulfilled. If I pray for you, I will feel fulfilled. Every single thing that I do that has to do with ministry, I feel fulfilled because I'm in my place. I have never been paid. And I've never asked any time for anyone to say, church must pay me today. Never. I am serving God. Whether there's money or there's no money, in fact, I use what I have to support the work. But I don't be a burden to anyone by the special grace of God. Why? I love it. And this is what God designed me to do. Whatever God designed you to do, if you identify that thing, you will love it. Don't you see nurses? I know of some people who are nurses. When they say this corona is killing, that's the time in fact they were ready to work the more. Because that is their design. That is what God gave them. God gave them passion for people. They don't want to see people die. They don't like to see people sick. They can handle four, five, six, seven patients. I know of a sister, as I'm speaking to you now, she's at work. Double shift. Double, 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 double. Up till now. And, and she's not even, it's not about the money. She's a Nigerian woman. It's not about the money. She kept going there while she, this, I'm like, 
<laughs> I used to I used to disturb her. I said, You Igbo woman, money, money, money. She said, Oh, Pastor, it's not the money. He said, I just love people. I just love to help. And I'm like, Wow, you are wonderful. That is the design that God gave to her. There are people who are teachers. It doesn't matter what you will give them, they just love teaching. They will do oh my goodness. If you see them with kids, they can talk, they can play with the children. They, and, and when they open their mouth, the kids will be able to understand, they can comprehend easily. They have all the gifting, all the grace. They know how to pass things across. They don't shout. They don't get angry. The, the, the kids will pee on them. They will spit on them. They will mess them up. They will still keep their... <laughs> You're so cute. You're so cute. Yeah, they have that in them. That's their design. So even if you pay them one million today to go become a scientist, they don't go. They won't. They, they, it, it's not in them. Identify and understand your calling. When you do that, you will not break your head. Imagine Jeff and go looking for a position to become a doctor. <laughs> you know what? He would have missed the leadership that he had. At the end, he ended up becoming their leader. He ended up leading them. And what was this man doing? Fighting. Mm, 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 mm. The man was fighting because that is what God, he says, God says, this one is a mighty man. He was designed like, like uh, what's his name? Samson. Some of you, God wants you not to even to go to the office. You're a businessman. You know how to hustle. Go here and there and there and there. You never get tired. You, you have what it takes to do that. And you want to go to the office and put on tie. No wonder you are frustrated. You are fighting everybody at work because that is not your design. Go to the field. What about those who are athletes? Maybe your child that you are breaking your head, you want the child to become a lawyer. He can play soccer very well. If you give him that ladder, he, he can kick and he can. By the time you know he becomes the next captain for Toronto, he can do it well. Let him be in the place where God placed him, the design, the calling. Identify and understand your calling. Number two, number two, maintain your spiritual and physical character. Maintain your spiritual and your physical character. Stay in the same account. Second Peter chapter one, let's read verse one down to verse number nine. I'm going to read and I'm going to read fast. Praise God. Simon Peter, a servant, from verse 1, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained precious, like precious faith unto us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Look at this now. Look at this. Grace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. According, look at this. According as his divine Power had given unto us all things that pertained to life and godliness through not the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. But that is not my attention. That is not, that is not where I'm going to drag you to. It says, whereby are given unto you exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That is not where I'm going to go. But just look at all the opportunities that you have and all that was accomplished. All that is exposed to you. Verse 5. And besides this, look at this now. This is why I brought you here. Besides this, you see that there? Do you have that in your, in your verse? Verse 5. 
with all the opportunity that you have, with all that the Lord has done for you, with all the access that you have to spiritual giftings, and all the knowledge, and all the provision, and all that God has done for you, divinely as well as physically. The Bible says, besides this, besides all that you've, 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 you've attained to, it says, giving all what? Diligence. What are you going to do in this case? Add. You are responsible. Responsible to do what? To maintain your spiritual and physical character. Look at Jephthah. He went out with vain men, but he was not vain. You know what he did? He built himself. He was with them. They were coming to, to him. He was, he was I, I told you, he enhanced his skills. He developed himself. So when it was time for him to be called, he was capable to fight. Because while he was out there, he kept fighting until he becomes stronger and stronger. So he have what it takes. I believe they must have heard the fame that there is a fighter out there who is one of yours. His name is Jephthah, and he's from your lineage. That guy is powerful. Nobody can stand that guy. In fact, the entire uh, uh, region is afraid of Jephthah, and they knew that this guy is a fighter. What if he had gone there, been lazy, and joined others, and, and just wasted his life? No. He developed himself. Praise God. He improved himself. Praise God. So the Bible says, add to your faith what? Virtue. What are the virtues that you have? And it says, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Do you see all of this? And to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Praise God. For if, look at this now, look at this verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you to Verse 8. Pay attention, pay attention. I love this. It says, if these things be in thee, in you, if they be in me, the Bible says, and they are bound, it says, they make you that ye shall never be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? Is blind. And cannot see afar off, and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So, in other words, if these things are not in you, even though, take note now, take note now, even though the hand of God is upon your life, if you do not improve yourself, you don't spend time to develop yourself, you don't spend time to grow spiritually, you don't spend time to understand the ways of God, you don't spend time to understand yourself, you don't have the character, you don't have the character, I'll say it again, you don't have the character at the end of which you'll be barren. You will still be gifted and yet fail. You will still be gifted and yet abandoned. There are Christians who are like that. They are very gifted, but they have failed in life. Gifted and abandoned. Gifted but unprofitable. Why? They do not spend time to improve themselves, to develop themselves, to mature themselves. Use your potential. Make sure you develop yourself. The Bible says add, 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 add. Praise God. You had virtue. You had knowledge. You need knowledge. You had temperance. Character wise. You had what? Patience. Character. You had godliness. All of this character. You had brotherly love. Brotherly kindness. Oh my goodness. You are my protoshebe. What have you added to your life? Are you one of those that go out there. You just cross your leg and say God call me. Oh I'm anointed. And I'm gifted. And you relax. See how you will feel woefully. With your anointing. Listen. Let me shock you now. If the brethren of Jephthah, they knew that Jephthah was still useless as they left him, or he, was, he, he wasn't doing anything, they would not have gone for him. They say, about oh, this useless man. What are we going, going for? 
The guy is not, is not, is, is not up to anything. He cannot do it. In fact, he cannot fight mosquito. So do we need a man like that? No. But they heard the record of this man. They heard the testimony. He had laid some foundation. He had acquired some height. He had improved himself. And at the end, they said, wow, we need this man. And let me let you know. Listen, I said something several years ago. Let me remind you. You may, you may not have heard this. But listen to this. Every time we talk about miracle, take note. Every time we talk about miracle, 99% of the time, it is when preparation meets opportunity, you have a miracle. Do you understand? 99% of the time, when we talk about miracle, it's not like God is going to come from heaven and drop it. No, it is when preparation meets opportunity, then you have a miracle. If the opportunity show up and you are not prepared for it, you won't get it. If they want me to become a driver now, right? And I don't have a driver's license. I don't know how to drive. And the job, they said $100 an hour. I cannot get that job. Why? Because I don't know. I wasn't prepared for it. But if I'd gone to school and learned how to drive, and I have all my license, and they say $100 or $200 an hour, I say, oh, I have my resume, I have my license, I can drive. I was prepared for it. I'll get the job. So when preparation meets opportunity, you will have a what? A miracle. So number two, maintain your spiritual and your physical character. Don't be bitter because of what somebody did to you. Don't be, listen, Jephthah, when the brethren came, he would have said, oh, you stupid people, stay there. Hey, don't, 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 don't try it. I don't want to hear a word from you guys. Remember how you maltreated me. You remember how you hurt me. You remember how you betrayed me. But he was like Joseph. You remember the account of Joseph. Jephthah, in this case, he had temperance. He had brotherly kindness. Praise God. He had patience. You see that? He had godliness. Amen. He had charity. So it takes all those character for him to be able to say, you know what? If you guys promised me, like you said, I will become the captain, I will become your leader. And he looks at them and says, no, I think I could forgive these people. They are still mine. But look at it. If you have not developed yourself to forgive, if you are still holding up grudge and bitterness and all this unforgiveness, if you are still aiming to revenge at those who hurt you, you'll never be able to amount to anything. Add to yourself virtue. What are the virtues? Patience, forgiveness, temperance, brotherly love. Let's go. Did somebody kick you out of the house? Let's go and love them. Yes, the pastor is hard, I understand. Did somebody abuse you and disgrace you publicly? Let's go. Did somebody put something online? And, 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 and they, they, they bastardize you and they, they stain your reputation. They assassinate your character. Forgive them. They will pay one day. But you don't let them pay by your own hand. God will let them pay. Forgive. Build up character. In fact, your character is the stamina. It is the stamina for greatness. Because it takes that great... Listen, at the end of all that Joseph's brother did to him, he says, they meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. He never took revenge on anyone. You understand me? If you have that resentful heart to revenge one day, God will not raise you up. So while you are out there, beloved, let them do what they are doing, but pay attention to yourself. Maintain your spiritual character, your physical character, emotional character, every area of your life. Maintain. Personally develop yourself. Read as much as you can. Expose yourself to other experiences. Inquire. Try to get information. Hallelujah. And try to acquire resources that will enhance your spiritual life. 
Make use of all the God-given opportunities. There are so many opportunities out there. There are promises of God that you must tap into. The grace of God is available. The mercies of God is available. The favor of God is available. The power of God is available. The word of God is available. There are so many resources that you have not even, you have not yet tapped into. And yet, you are still breaking your head about what somebody did to you some years ago. You are stuck, oh. I'm telling you, bro, sis, if you are still fighting about your yesterday, you are stuck. Let go of yesterday. Let it be that all those who gossip and lie about you, they pass false information about you. Let it be that you are forgiving them. So when they see you now, they will be ashamed of you and be embarrassed. Not when you see them because you're still bitter and your heart is beeping. You begin to have high blood pressure. We're not going to pray for you. If you fall down, no anointing will help you. Forgive now. Are you going to forgive? Hallelujah. Number three, number three, number three, perfect your giftings. Perfect your giftings. Praise God. In other words, improve your gift. If God called you and you're, you're anointed to sing, they kick you out of the choir the other day. Go begin to practice keyboard. Practice the drums. Practice playing the trumpet. Practice playing guitar and be composing songs. And pretty soon they will hear about your new album. Praise God. Perfect your gift. The Bible says in the book of Rome, uh, 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 Proverbs chapter 18 verse number 16. Let's see quickly. Proverbs chapter 18 verse number 16. Perfect your gift. Perfect your gift. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what it is. Make sure you improve that gift. Proverbs chapter 18. Are we there? Don't go and fold your hands and your legs and say, God understands, God understands. No, he understands, but you must make use of what you are. He says, a man's gift maketh room for him. Look at it. Two things that is happening here. The gift will make room for you, number one. Number two, he says, and bring it him before great men. So, you have what it takes. The gift is in you. You know, I've never seen anyone go out there to say, let me buy a gift or let me borrow a gift. No, you cannot buy it. You cannot borrow it. You have what it takes. That is why I said initially, understand your gift and your calling. Praise God. Identify yourself. So if you know you are a drum player, continue to kick that drum. Continue to kick that drum. Kick that drum until you burst it. You'll buy another one. And before you know, you become the best drum player in the entire world. Continue to play your drum. I had a story several years ago. I think I shared this some time ago. That in the village, two men, they went out to cut down trees and they cut down this tree and then one of the guys picked up his own share, the share between themselves, and he took it to the wife and said, we're going to cook, we're going to make fire coal, we're going to use this for wood, we're going to cook. And then he did. The wife burnt the wood, they cook and everything. The other guy looked at the wood and said, mm, I see a bird in this thing. He began to carve that thing, carve that thing into a beautiful bird. But while he was in the village, he was doing this publicly. So some tourists, they came out to see what was going on. And they're like, wow, are you in this village? What are you doing in a village like this with such potentials, with such gifts? That is how that man became an international artist. He was taken out there as a sculptor. He could, could carve everything into some beautiful design and he became world-renowned sculptor. My question to you is, what is it that God has given to you that you are not paying attention to? Some of you, you have the gift of counseling. You can talk. You know how to talk. Your mouth is like sugar and pepper and salt. No matter how depressed somebody is, 
if they come to you, the voice that you have. He said, hi, brother. How are you doing today? The brother will melt. With his depression, he will melt. Because that is what you are anointed to do. Praise God. Even if it's another sister that came to you and you have that gift, by the time you say, oh, my dear, how are you? Oh, I'm so happy to see you today. You see the problem goes like this. Why? Because that person is anointed to speak. They have the gift of counseling. No matter how depressed you are, how restless you are, confused, if God placed that individual in front of you or placed you in front of that individual, that's the end. That's their fear. So the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16, that the gift of a man, hmm, a man's gift maketh room, room for him, that is opportunities, access, praise God, and bringeth him before great men. Look at Joseph. Hated him because of his dream. He kept dreaming and interpreting dreams until he ended up in prison. Dreaming and interpreting dreams until he got back to the throne until he ended up becoming what? The prime minister. How many gifts did God give to Joseph? One. He only had one gift. That is interpretation of dreams. But look at this. The man's character. You remember? The man's character was refined. He had brotherly love. He had temperance. He had patience. He had, he had uh, 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 what? Uh, uh, godliness and all these things. He contin- continuously kept added to his faith. Hallelujah. So, beloved, my question to you is that have you ever used your gift to create room for yourself? He's not only going to create room for you, but he's going to bring you before great men. Before great men. You know, when things are happening in the world, they will say, let's call that musician. This particular guy is the one that I want to come and sing for me. I love Natalie Elbasi. When this guy started, it was like small. Very humble, simple guy. I love him. I love him so much. But look at him. He can travel anywhere in the world now singing. Who doesn't love his song? You cannot sit here and tell me I don't love that guy's song. But if he tells you where he came from and what and what he he went through, how he trained. I remember one time he had an opportunity. He was testifying. He had an opportunity to come to America. He bypassed that. God told him no. He stayed there in Nigeria. He was maintaining himself, developing himself. You are called as a pastor. When was the last time you have a personal retreat? When was the last time you fasted and prayed? When was the last time you spent time with the word? Praise God. Trust me, those who are professional soccer players, go look at what they are doing. Training. Training. They're jogging. They're, they're building up their muscles. They're kicking the ball everywhere. They're exercising in order to improve themselves. What have you done to improve yourself? It's not like the gift is not there. The gift is there. You have the brand. The anointing is there upon your life. But you have the responsibility to improve that gift so that it becomes relevant. Some of you have the gift, but the gift is not relevant. Why? Because you do not shine it. Put it that way. You do not refine it. You do not improve it. The gift of a man or a man's gift maketh room, and the Bible says, and bringeth him before great men. They will say, no, 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 we need him. Let him come. He is fit for this particular program. We need a man like this. Why you? Because what you have you prepare it well. You know, if, if, if you have a restaurant, let's assume that you have a restaurant and people go to that restaurant to eat and whatever they are eating, I mean, has no taste, looks funny, 
The place is dirty, and the place looks funny. They won't come the next time. Am I right? Yeah, you will not even have the appetite to go there again. Why? The food doesn't taste good. And the place is not clean. And, I mean, they're not welcoming. You have all this point that you put there and say, no, 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 that's not the place. But if you go there, and you're well welcome, you know, and then the food, good. And then the place, oh my goodness, the aroma and the music and everything. So, ooh, I just feel like going back to that same place, that same place. Your wife will say, honey, why won't we try another place? No, 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 this same place. This, why? You just, you have passion for that place. Why? Because it is well maintained. And I love, I love the Western culture. And this is what we don't have. That maintenance culture in Africa, we don't have it. I was driving the other day and somebody was saying, why is it that every time in the summer they have to dig on the roads, they have to do this? I said, well, that is why we are safe and we are secured on the highway. Because they have to dig the roads because of the kind of weather. The roads are cracking every year because of the ice and the snow. They have to maintain it. So we have two weather conditions. It's either winter or construction. <laughs> right? That's the slang that we have here in Canada. Yes. Why? Because they have to maintain it. Many of you have certain gifts in your life, but you're not maintaining those gifts. Maintain your gift. Perfect your gift. Improve yourself. And there will be open heavens for you. You'll be welcome everywhere. You have access and opportunity. Number four, let me try to round up. Number four, be very diligent. Be very, very diligent. Be very diligent. Praise God. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, verse number 20. Uh, Proverbs 22, 29. 2229. Be diligent. 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 Praise God. Proverbs 2229. Are we there? Thank you, Jesus. He says, See thou a man diligent in his business. Don't start something today. It's like you try to work the appetites of people. And the next day they want the same thing. You are nowhere to be found. They say, Where is this guy? If you have a shop, you open your store. And then they, they like your product. And the next day people show up and they want the same product. You are not there. Even though the quality of the product is good. But if you are not there, you are not, you are not consistent. You are not effective in what you are doing. People will, will easily give up on you. See a man. Thou a man that is diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. Before kings. And shall not stand before mere men, ordinary people. No. No. If you are preaching, preach well. If you are praying, pray well. If you are fasting, fast well. If you are reading, read well. Whatever God calls you to do, do it with all your might. And be effective. Be effective in it. Diligent, 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 diligence. So the Bible says that if you are diligent in your business... If you are diligent in your business, so it's not about just church activity. If you are diligent in your studies, you will pass. If you are diligent in your business, you will have profit. There's a saying that punctuality is the soul of business. So you must be diligent. Be very, very diligent. Be disciplined in every area. Discipline with your time. Discipline with your conversation. Discipline with your mind. Keep your focus. Discipline with your heart. Discipline, you know, keep your dream alive. Don't let it die. Don't try to join here, be, be, do this and do, no, no, no. Get a steady focus. Be diligent. Don't try to try everything. John said, try this. Oh, John said, I will do. Thomas said, I will try. Oh, James said, I will try. Andrew said, I will try. That's how you 
you, 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 you extended or, or, or you stretched out all your resources by the time you know this one failed, this one failed, this one failed because you were not diligent. You cannot shoot an arrow and hit your target if you are not focused. If you are going to hit your target, you must make sure you have a clear focus. You max it well. A precise, definite target. You know what you are going for. And you release it, pop! Before you know, boom, you hit your target. But if you are holding that arrow, you are dancing, you are shaking, then you release it, that thing will be flying somewhere to kill something else. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your gift. Pay attention and make sure you work hard. Number five, number five, number five. Keep your faith and a good conscience. Ah. You know what? I'm going to jump this. I'm going to do this deliberately. I'm going to do this deliberately. I'm going to jump this. And the reason why is because I want you to join us on Wednesday Bible studies. I will talk about this. I'll definitely talk about your faith and a good conscience. That is what I'm going to teach on on Wednesday. Your faith and a good conscience. Praise God. So please forgive me. I've never done this before, but the Spirit of God doesn't want me to just rush with this particular one because it is really deep. So on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Canadian time, join us for our Bible studies. We're going to talk about faith and a good conscience. Because a lot of people talk about faith, 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 but their conscience are not right. So their faith is corroded, polluted, and so they cannot actualize what they were believing God for. Why? Because the faith was messed up. Messed up. So let's talk about that on, on Wednesday. Praise God. I hope you forgive me. Amen. So that is number five, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh God, Michael is jealous now. Don't mind me. Praise God. Let's go to number six. Number six, cry unto God sincerely. Cry unto God sincerely. Cry unto God sincerely. Please forgive me, guys. Cry unto God sincerely. Psalm chapter 18. Psalm 18, I'll read verse number six. Cry unto God sincerely. Don't forget to cry unto God. Not to man, but to God. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 18, verse 6. Are we there? Verse 6. It says, In my deep distress, I called upon the Lord. I called upon who? My boyfriend. I called upon my uncle. In my distress, I called on my neighbor. Oh no, in my distress, I called on the pastor. In my distress, I look for good friends. Oh friends, come on friends. Oh people, help me. Help, help, help. I'm distressed. I'm confused. I'm tired. They'll tell you they are busy. But look at what the psalmist said. Verse 6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I called upon the Lord. And cried unto my God. I cried unto my God. And look at what it says. When he called on God, he cried unto God. The Bible says, he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him, even in his ears. Praise God. Now listen, if you cry your tears before the presence of God, he will let you go out there and reveal your joy in front in the presence of people. Cry your tears in the presence of God. He will let you go out there and you will show or he will show your joy in the presence of the people. 
Listen, anytime you refuse to cry before God, you will cry before men. But anytime you cry before God, you will rejoice before men. I'm going to say it again. Anytime you refuse to cry before God, you are going to cry before men. But every time you cry before God, you are going to rejoice and celebrate before men. I believe Jephthah, in the midst of this, he was quiet and says, God, they abandoned me. Lord, they ostracized me, they forsook me, they drove me out. But you, God, as long as you are God, you will glorify yourself in me. You have not designed me for shame. You have not designed me for disappointment. You have not designed me for disgrace and failure. And so, God, my heart is with you. And he went to God and began to do what he was doing. And God glorified himself in him. When was the last time you cried unto God? Are you ready to cry unto the Lord this morning? Are you ready to call upon the Lord this morning? And finally, the last point is that it didn't just only cry to God, but beloved, we must completely depend on the Lord. Completely depend on the Lord. If we're going to see the hand of the Lord, if we're going to see the move of God, if we're going to see the changes that we're believing God for, if we're going to let the enemies and those who have, 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 have abandoned us, we, are, we want to let them see that God is good, we must completely depend on God. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on His direction and supervision. Depend on His help and your life will never be the same. Look at chapter 11 of the same Judges. Let's see 32 and 33. 32 and 33. It says, And Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. He passed over to fight against them. Praise God. He passed over to fight against them. He passed over to fight against them. He passed over to fight against them. And look at what happened. And the Lord delivered them into his hands. Wow. The Lord delivered them into his hands. The Lord delivered them into his hands. Do you see that? The Lord delivered them into his hands. The Lord delivered them into his hands. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Aroah even till thou come to a minute. Praise God. Even 20 cities. Can you imagine one man? 20 cities and unto the plain of the vineyards and a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued. Subdued before the children of Israel. And let me say some major thing before we pray. The enemies will never subdue to you if you are not in the place of God. The enemies will never subdue to you if you were not designed in that which you are operating on. The enemy understands principles. If these people would have taken someone else to go into this battle, they would have lost the battle. Number one. Number two, the enemy would not have subdued to them. But because of the hand of God upon this man, the call of God upon this man, the grace of God upon this man, look at this. He was, the Bible says the spirit of God was upon him. As we read in verse uh, 29, and the Bible says he passed back and forth, back and forth, he even negotiated before the fight. 
and the people don't agree, he decided to go and fight. And at the end, the Bible says they were subdued. They were subdued. What we discover at the end is that, take note, Jephthah, he ended right. Take note. He ended well. He ended great. He ended up in God's perfect will. I must say that again. Jephthah, he ended right. He ended up well, very well. Very great. And he ended up in the perfect will of God. He did not end like Samson. Samson ended up strong, but very wrong. Did you get it now? Samson ended up strong, but very wrong. Jephthah, he ended up right, perfect, praise God. He ended up well, he ended up great, he ended up according to God's perfect will. So there are people that may end up strong, but wrong. Are you one of those who are showing your effort and your strength? You are doing all, but at the end, it's ending up wrong. You must end up great. The Spirit of God is here this morning. God wants to help someone. God wants to strengthen you. I know you feel bad because you've been rejected. I know you feel bad because people took advantage of you. Maybe you belong to a family or a group of people that use you and abuse you. Maybe you've been, you've been not only ostracized, but you've been threatening. If you come back here, we'll kill you. I bet you, they're going to begin to look for you right now. We're going to pray. Those who have denied you, those who have made fun of you, those who, who have called you names, those who have tagged you for evil, they will begin to realize that you are the answer that they needed. You are the solution that they are waiting for. And they will be looking out for you. I want to announce to you, you will become an asset. You are the treasure that God has designed for excellence. You have what it takes. Why are you condemning yourself? Why are you accusing yourself? Why do you feel bad about what others have done to you? Why do you feel bad about what others have said about you? Believe God who believes in you. Believe God who believes in you. Beloved, if you do, things will change right now, right here, at this particular time. And if you want that change, beloved, and you have not yet given your life to the Lord Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. And you have not yet given your life to the Lord, I want you to pray with me right now. Let us pray together. Say, there, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I have sinned against you. I am sorry for all my sins. Have mercy upon me, O God. Pardon, forgive me. I repent. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. There, Lord Jesus, I believe you were in the grave. You died for me on the third day. You rose from the dead. There, Lord Jesus, sing me with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for saving me. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Raise up your hand. I'm going